With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Hello, everybody. I'm reading from Ephesians 2. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past and less of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. The God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the age to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus and the good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles, and the flesh were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision, and the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were, were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall partition between us, having abolished, us, abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, contain ordinances for the making himself between one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body and the cross, having slain the enemy thereby, and the king preached peace to you, which were far off to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, and in whom all the buildings fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Well, thank you, Mark, for doing that for us. And... Uh... Uh, just doing a little bit of a mic check here. Can Walt, can you hear me? Greetings, greetings. Can you <laughs> hear me? Yes, we can. You're coming in loud and clear, Bandon. I'm 
coming coming you 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 have a bandonian located here in bandon <laughs> oregon in southern oregon on the corner of whiskey run and seven devils <laughs> yeah but that doesn't give me enough of an address to get a mail through to you <laughs> yes because i'm on the corner i'm on the corner of seven devils and whiskey run that's seven I, I devils give, and Seven Devils Road and Whiskey, whiskey Seven Run. Seven Devils Road and Whiskey mm-hmm. Run yeah. and Bandon, Oregon. And what is the what is the zip? Nine seven four one one. You're a good man, my friend. <laughs> okay. Oh well, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> I'm just uh, very honored to have brother walt with us today and also brother chris with us and i don't know who uh who else we have on i don't know who three and five are but you have been also unmuted so if you want to chime in and introduce yourselves feel feel free to do so um but we're just going to go through chapter two of ephesians today and you heard mark read through the chapter i am it's just a remarkable thing that God helped Mark to be able to read through the second chapter of Ephesians because he was up all night. And uh, I finally, you know, I, I kept getting up in shifts last night. He had a tough night. and I finally got up again at 6 o'clock, and he was still going strong this morning. So the fact that he can even read this is, is quite something. But anyway, the first verse, it says... And you, and of course, half he quickened is in italics, but, and you were dead. (laughs) You were dead in trespasses and sins. And Walt and Chris, you know, anytime you have a comment, just say comment and I'll shut up and and you feel free to jump in at any time. But um, I was 37 years old before I realized I was dead. And some people, you know, they come to the realization when they're even... I've talked to people that came to realization of their total need of a Savior and how dead they were in sins, even as early as 13 or 14. And then I've talked to people that were in their 80s that uh, still didn't realize they were dead, you know. But... um, it says in the next verse, we're in times past. Comment? Go ahead. Comment? Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, John five twenty four. Uh, what, what do you call that, Larry? A cross-reference? Yeah, yeah. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you. This is Christ speaking. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but it's passed from death unto life. That's powerful. I mean, so Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they shall, and they that hear shall live. It's, it's, you know, it, it is, I, you know, I listened to this uh, uh, verse, you know, I, I got an audio Bible, you know, that Dave yeah. Baxter put uh, on my website, and I, I pulled up uh, chapter two, and I listened to it three times this morning while I was making breakfast. And then, so when Mark 
read it again, you know, it just it just rings out. Oh yeah. You know, it, it, in other words, in you know, in course, the, we're going to come to that. So that's I'm going to let you go on, Larry, and we can comment ahead. Well, you know, it's, I'm glad I'm glad you read that cross references. You know, I really love to do that. I love to go to the cross reference sections because it just uh, I think it's um, Michael Smith made a statement that the Bible is its own concordance, and it really is. I mean. Another cross-reference, if you could, while we're doing this maybe, Chris, you could look this up, and then you can read it. Uh, Colossians 2.13 is another cross-reference. And I got it. In Colossians 3.6, I already got that, too. Okay. (laughs) Could you read that for us, uh, Walt? Uh, Well, this is for the next verse. I'll let you read the verse first. Okay. Well, I want Colossians 2.13 is for verse 1. And... um, the only other comment I have about verse 1 is that, you know, most of the world church, and when I say the world church, I'm talking about those that are, you know, that are universalists, that are proclaiming that God loves everybody and so on. Uh, they they don't subscribe to the doctrine of original sin. Um, they, they subscribe to um, Sartre and people that have the position that we are born with a blank slate, and then we are actual sins. But, of course, we know that the fifth chapter of Romans totally annihilates that, and he talks about in the fifth chapter of Romans that we are, we are born, you know, we are all died in Adam, and we're alive, Christ's elect are alive in Christ. And, and so... When it gets to talking about <clears throat> we all died in Adam, in the fifth chapter, it says that uh, Romans five twelve, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. So there's a lot of people that that deny that, uh, and they try to. They try to deny. In fact, they say, "How can God make us accountable for for something Adam did, and so on?" But that's what Scripture says. Verse two: um, Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children. Of disobedience, um, you know. That's that's for every one of God's elect. Every one of God's elect. At some point, we, you know, people say, "Well, how can you say that that is for every one of God's elect that they walked according to Prince of Power there?" Because they were born and conceived in sin. Uh, and I've had people say, well, what about infants that haven't even had a chance to sin? You know, you could look at little tiny children and you can see evidences of sin uh, within those little children. They don't have to be taught to sin, you know. And who is the prince and the power of the air? We know that that is Satan, the spirit 
that now, presently, works in the children of disobedience. Jerry was talking to me this morning, and we were talking about how that, you know, that uh, people, have you ever been around somebody that you knew they hated you? I mean, you could just, and I think, Walt, you alluded to this with a friend of your sister, that you could just sense that you, you know, you were hated by this. Yeah. And say, Larry, you might uh, guess six just came in and okay, okay. I, I just unmuted. Oh, okay, six. that's uh, yeah. I I believe that's England that just came in. Okay, well, welcome England, and uh, mm-hmm. glad to have you. Walt, could you comment on that? This 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 spirit, this uh, prince in the power of the air, the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. Because I think you've talked about that before, how that there are certain people that you could just sense they absolutely hated your presence being around and stuff. Yes, you know I, I've encountered that uh, quite a few times in my life, and for when, and when you're not understanding uh, Ephesians uh, chapter two verse two, uh, you know, I mean it is the prince of the power of the air. I mean, in other words, they don't like your spirit. See, they know they can recognize that you have a different spirit. Right, right. You know, and that like today in today's world, to give you an example, not to get distracted, but uh, the whole world is a heliocentric worldview by default. Right, right. See, and so when that's the reason why uh, when uh, when you reject uh, man's science. And accept God's science. That's why you're hated, because, in other words, uh, this heliocentric is a big thing. Because the whole world teaches man's religion, man's science, and so yeah. And so that's yeah. so so people automatically when they've been they when you and they don't want to accept this. Once they reason why people get so angry at mentioning this a subject that there it doesn't have to be heliocentric it could be it can be evolution you know it you know it can just be something to do with creation but in other words they have to accept that they've been living in a lie all their life and uh and you know there's and, that's really interesting i <laughs> a lot of people you know, and it's, I mean, this runs so prevalent. I don't want to get off the track either, but this, what Walt is talking about, it runs so prevalent. Even in, we sing out of the old school hymnal. There's all kind of old hymns in there. And I think probably everybody on this call at one time or another has heard the song, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. I mean, it's a very, very well-known hymn. But in the fourth verse, it says, let every kindred, every tribe on this terrestrial ball. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Rosette and I sing this all the time. The other day we were singing it, I go, wait a minute. <laughs> Let every kindred, every tribe on this terrestrial So we had to listen. We had to rechange that. We changed it to let every kindred, every tribe oh, listen to his call. Yeah, uh, that's, a good, that's a good change. But, you know, it's amazing, isn't it, Walt, how they're so ingrained in so many areas we don't even realize it. I mean, it's just, 
And and see, to me, there's a correlation to that where it says, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That includes uh, denying the Bible and what it says about uh, the fact, you know, that the earth is stationary and and certain uh, constructs that God has so decreed about his creation, and now we have a recreation, a recreation, something that's false, you know. Okay, now, Chris, I don't know if you can hear me, but were you able to pull up Colossians 2.13? I don't know if Chris can hear us or not, but uh, he, he Brother, might know. I have, it. I have it here. Can you hear me even now? Yes. I have it. Uh, okay. I just wondered if our caller from uh, London, because she, she called on Skype, and I gave her the codes. So if, okay, if good. that's our caller, if that's Alina and uh, Martin, let us know. Otherwise, it could be Chris, it could be Chris from Test All Things from London. I don't right. know. We'd like to know who who it, is uh, who's monitoring. It's monitor. It's Martin and Elena. Oh, good. Oh, good. Because I left them. Uh, I'm glad they got in. Okay, that's okay, great. great. So, so Colossians two uh, thirteen. Uh, yes. Okay, and you being dead in your sins and the circumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses otherwise made alive blotting out the handwriting and you know dot 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 but here is something very very key to Ephesians and this is why I love this and gives so much credence to God's already finished work and brothers I think you're going to agree with this whether you know this or not Uh, If it's a nuance, I just have to make it clear. Everything in Ephesians, and really in the whole book, if we look at it, kind of like the way we look at uh, the Bible, it's all written. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. You know? In other words, it just dismisses the fact that uh, God's waiting on us to make some kind of decision or whatever. But but let me get back to the crux of what, what I'm speaking of. All through Ephesians, and even here in Colossians, everything, and this is very, very key. If we know English, you know, grammatics at all, we'll understand that this is all written in the past tense. And this is so important that we see this from God's viewpoint and the why he the way he gave this to Paul, and so that we could see that it is all a done deal. It's all predicated upon the past tense. You know, you've got your past perfect tenses, your past imperative tenses, you've got and so forth. But it's so essential that people see this. And the free willer would love to overlook this. And I guess they're not even cognizant of it. But the fact remains, you know, that it is written, that that it's past tense written. And it's so important that we recognize this, this 
little nuance. That's why it's so important to read the Bible slowly and carefully to pick up these subtle, subtle little aspects to the way these these things were written for our own ad, admonition. Well, you know, uh, that to, just to kind of uh, affirm and reinforce what you're saying, Chris, I mean, I'm, I know I'm jumping back a little bit, but we were yesterday, we did a study in Ephesians 1 with Michael Adams on his program, and in, in Ephesians 1, you know, it says in verse 4, according as he hath, past tense, chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Now, it's really interesting because anytime you talk about before the foundation of the world, you're talking about before creation. And anytime you're talking about before creation, you're talking about in eternity past. And so this all, as far as being chosen in Christ, it all occurred before before creation. And now we have, after creation, we have the fall of Adam. And now we see in verse, going back to chapter 2 and verse 1, and you hath he quickened. In other words, done deal. Done deal. Past tense again. Everything is is from the perspective, God's perspective, of it being a done deal, and it's written for our admonition and placed in the grammatical past tense. Right. Now, what are they going to do with that? Either they just just uh, scope over it very quickly and omit it, you know, but they love the present tense proper, and it's not proper at all. It's not consistent with the way God wrote the book. I just love the fact that if we look deeper and deeper into the into this, we find that everything he says to us is written in the past tense. That's so important. Right. In fact, uh, it really is really important to the point where, you know, I mean, I just can't, you know, and this is kind of, it's a little relatively new to me until I studied and studied and I realized that, hey, there's something going on here. Or, or there's yeah. something that already, uh, there's something that already went on here. Again, <laughs> past tense. Yeah, and why don't we, so we kind of keep things moving. Walt, uh, why don't you go ahead, if you would, and read verse 3 and make your comments on that for us. Okay, oh, I just wanted to make uh, one more comment. Yeah, sure. it, it's so It's so true what Chris was trying to bring forth. Yes. It, it's, it's, such a, it's such a simple thing. And, and when you see that, it just quiets the spirit, you know, because you know, yes. it's already happened. But I wanted to read uh, Colossians 3.16. Let the okay. word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Now, just read that, what, what is said there. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Uh, that, was, that was a cross-reference for verse 2. And I'll read, I'm going to read uh, Ephesians 3 now. Among them, also we are, among them also we all 
had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desire of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And in uh, cross-reference for, for Psalms 51, 51, 5, Behold, I was sh- shapened in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Wow. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, no, and, no uh, brothers, we know that's David's that's, uh, lament on uh, his sin with uh, Sheba. That yeah. was uh, Psalms 51.5, yeah. Yeah, the fact that the he is... Psalm deals with his his heartful uh, hatred of his sin. Not only did he sin with someone else's wife, he murdered him. Uh, what was his name, Brother Larry Uzziah? Was that his name? Uriah. 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 Thank you, Uriah. Uriah the Hittite, okay? Yeah, he, he, he murdered him to cover up his sin as if God wasn't. And then here comes Nathan the prophet saying, Thou art the man, you know, and man, he is just convicted to the bone. But but against you, Lord, only have I sinned, you know. But excuse me, please carry on, Walt. You make a good point. In uh, another cross reference is uh, Luke uh, fifteen twenty one, and the said and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And in the light, and, and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. You might explain. He's taught. Uh, we have to go back and read this in context. Uh, you want to add to that, Larry? Yes, he's but talking. He's, you know, there about the prodigal son, and yeah, that's what I thought. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The exactly. son was. Uh, you know, he he had asked for all of his inheritance ahead of time, and his father gave it to him, and he went and spent it all and ended up amongst the hog pen, so to speak, eating with the hogs. And he realized that, you know, his father was back at home and his servants uh, were, were doing better than he was doing. And so he went back and and yeah, went back to his father and his father welcomed him with open arms and he confessed his sins to his father and that. And... Um, yeah, verse four says, "But God, who is, you know, and one thing that that they say in these passages, anytime you're reading, you know, the New Testament, anytime you see the word but, it is supposed to be looked at in contrast to what was just stated. What was just stated is that we were na- by nature the children of wrath, but the but is there for a reason. But God." who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved, past tense, <laughs> loved us, even when we were dead, past tense, hath quickened us, past tense, together with grace, by grace ye are saved, past tense. And... Uh, Anyway, uh, 
anybody have any any comments on those two beautiful verses? Romans ten twelve. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. That's Romans. That's a cross reference for for verse four. That is so powerful. I mean, you know, I I just have to share this, and that is that um, the question is, you know, why did Christ come? You know, if, if if we believe the historical account of the birth, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, what was the purpose for that? Most of the worldwide church says that he came to make it possible that everyone could have eternal life. And But what did Christ say through his prophets and through his apostles? It says that he came to save his people from their sins. Notice here it says, For God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. It doesn't say he loved every man, girl, and woman, and boy without exception. Now, the key that, you know, that in, in, whenever I study the Bible, I realize that you have to, whenever you're, you want to see the context, you, you have to look at who the author is addressing, who he's speaking to. So we can do that by going back to chapter 1, and the first verse says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints. To the saints. Okay? So he's talking to those who are the called out ones, the ones that have been chosen in him before the foundation. He's not talking to the world at large here. And so it's real important to make that distinction. um, And I don't want to get too far afield from that. So uh, anyway, uh, Walt, can you go ahead and read verse 5, and then both you and Chris can uh, comment on verse 5, which I know we've already read it, but I'd like to read it again. <laughs> okay. Uh, verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, have quick, have quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. In uh, six, I mean, let, let's, let me read one more verse. And and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I, I, I notice I mean, when you read the, God's word, how many times it's it's in Christ Jesus. Well, that's a good point. You know, you know. And that is what, a real good point. You know. You Yes, I just want to make a comment to to kind of uh, emphasize what you're saying about in Christ Jesus. You know, we don't just believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We don't believe. We don't just uh, believe that it's a historical Jesus. We don't believe that he that we don't just believe he died on a cross. You know. This is something that actually transpired in the 
you know, for his people. In other words, like Walt read, he raised us up together and made made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And you can look up the word imputed righteousness. In other words, that's what substitutionary atonement is. I I didn't understand the aspect of substitution. You know, but Jesus Christ was my substitute. In other words, he took my sins, he bore my sins on himself on the cross. And because he bore my sins, um, he said that my sins were cast as far away from him as the east is from the west. And that that is just, I mean, I can't, I can't fathom that. Go ahead. Uh, do you have before Walt goes on to seven? Do you have any comments, Chris, on this? These two verses. He's, he, he might have forgot to unmike his unmute his mic. Yeah. Okay. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. That's better. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I, I always try to mute this thing. Because for clarity for everybody else, that's, that's, fine. I, I, yeah. that's my intent. I hope it helps. I hope it helps because I'm always finding myself back and forth, you know, uh, between muting and unmuting, you know. And when it's if it's my turn to, to to say something, then I have to unmute it, which is fine, you know. But I have to be quick on the button there to to do that and not uh, stall the conversation, which is you know I don't want to do that. Anyway, but no, 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 Brother Larry, you, you nailed it. You know, I mean, how can you add to uh, what you said? I would just be redundant and in agreement, and I would just pretty much echo the same sentiment. Okay, well, why don't you read for us, uh, you know, seven, seven down through uh, nine. Okay. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Cross-reference uh, Romans 3.20. Romans 3.20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight for by the law is the knowledge of sin you know when you think about it um, you know I can't <laughs> it, it just it just kind of is mind-boggling to think that when he says that the age is to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And I don't know what all he means by that, uh, because it's been 2,000 years, uh, and he has been showing his grace to literally thousands of people from every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation since he since his ascension back to Christ. But I think it's also referring to... Um, ages to come, meaning throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. And we don't have 
any idea what uh, paradise or heaven or being in eternal communion with Christ is going to be. But when he says, by grace are you saved, we know that the word grace means unmerited favor. In other words, there's not anything that we can do to purchase, to influence, to persuade, to cause, to happen um, our faith because we know that it is not of ourselves. It's a total gift of God. And it's, you know, there's a lot of people talking about, you know, all these things you have to do if you're, if you're going to be a Christian. You have to repent. You have to confess your sins. You have to believe. You have to, you know, be baptized. You have to... Uh, partake of sacraments and all, all kind of things, but here that dispels this. It all begins it all begins with being given to us by God. And a good parallel passage on that is John three with Nicodemus. Because Nicodemus came to him by night and said, you know, you know, what what must we do to, you know, know know God and have a relationship with God and he said you must be born again he said the spirit bloweth where it listeth and no man knoweth the sound thereof so is everyone that is born of the spirit of God now the spirit of God remember what he said in the very first verse of this chapter he said he said you hath he quickened quickened that's what he's talking about um, the Spirit of God works in our hearts and our minds and our spirits and shows us that we're dead and, our, and that we need a Savior. And the moment, or whatever you want to call it, whenever that happens, what we find ourselves doing is we find ourselves being drawn to God and we find ourselves crying out for mercy. And we find ourselves repenting, and we find ourselves being converted. But everything is a gift, including all the things. I, even faith, you know. Hebrews says in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, it tells us that He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so, this is really a key verse in in all the Bible here that Walt just read in verses 8 and 9. And uh, I'm going to let Walt go on down. And Walt, if you have any comments, and Chris, feel free, if you if you need to talk about anything, feel free to jump in. But Romans 10 through 12, why don't we cover those three verses, Walt? For we are his, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcised by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. And cross-reference uh, to, was it uh, 228, 
a second here. Romans 2.28, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. That's, you know. <clears throat> you want me to continue? Here uh, yeah, let me, let me make a comment on that. Um, you know, I don't want to get too far afield here, but we're living in a time where we need to always make a distinction between physical Israel and spiritual Israel. You know, there are uh, physical Jews uh, that live uh, all over the world. And there's a nation, there's a nation, statehood of Israel, and literally millions and millions and millions of dollars have been sent to the state of Israel, uh, and they're called our our best ally. But if you go uh, if you go over to what is called the Holy Land, it's not very holy because they are um, they are not subscribing to uh, the Christian faith. They are. Um, into the Kabbalah, and they're into the, you know, they say they they read the Torah, but they're Kabbalistic, and they're very much into idolatry, they, and, and a lot of things, and they deny that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Now, who is spiritual Israel? Well, spiritual Israel are those who are the called out ones, and that includes both Jew and Gentile. That is spiritual Israel. That is Mount Zion. That is those who have been born again by the Spirit of God. Now, a lot of people say that when you say that, that you're into replacement theology and that you're, you're, uh, but, but it's not replacement theology. It is the reality of what Christ said about his people. He said um, in Romans 8, 28 and 29, for those he did foreknow, he did predestinate, and those he pre- predestinated, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. What should we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? You know, who has laid anything to the charge of God's elect? And so this is what we're talking about here when we talk about um, the the those are Jews who are not outward Jews, but inwardly circumcised. In other words, those who have been born again by the Spirit of God. Um, let's see. Uh, why don't you go ahead, Walt, and go on down through 13 through 15. Okay, you, you just read uh, 12? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. That, okay, okay, that at... That at that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. It, it is, it's, it's really, uh, it's sad in a way how, how the world has got derailed and cannot see, you know, the spiritual Israel. That's and, right. Uh, you know, and then this, this is what it's talking, you know, that at that, that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, 
having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Just go ahead. Go ahead. And John 10, 16, cross-reference. And other sheep, this is Christ speaking, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must, must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Okay, verse 14. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of the partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enemy, even the law of the commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enemy, into me thereby and came and preached peace to you which were far off and to them they were nigh for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the father now for therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom I all have a, the... I have, I, have a, I have a comment right there. It's really important. Um, you know, if you ever want to have a real interesting word study in your software where you can go and like, you know, the, the sword or different across software programs. Uh, if you study not only the stone, but the rock, uh, you'll see, you, you'll get a tremendous blessing out of it. But, you know, one of the things that the Roman Catholic Church has tried to do is they tried to say that Peter, when Christ said, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, that they were referring to Peter. But, Christ was referring to himself. Um, and this dispels the, the notion of the Roman Catholic Church, this particular, well, along with many others, but if you see, it says that Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. It doesn't say Peter himself being the chief cornerstone. And the other thing is, is that the foundation of the apostles and prophets, you know, the prophets foretold. You can go back to the Messianic prophecies and you can see that there were many prophecies that foretold the coming of Christ and even foretold his crucifixion. The 53rd chapter of Isaiah, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, 
we've turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him, Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. And um, so that's something I wanted to point out that, you know, the all of religion, you know, there, there's two, there's, there's the Christian religion, the true Christian religion, which um, exalts Jesus Christ as the only mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And then all the other religions are based upon works, something that we have to do, whether it's uh, fasting, meditating, um, you know, walking on cut glass, whatever it is. But Jesus Christ already did it all for us. It's already completed. He said on the cross, it is finished. And the Apostle Paul said that he's given him a name that's greater than any name, that the name of Jesus, every tongue should bow, knee should bow, and tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay, and I'll shut up and let Walt Read the last two verses there. Walt, are you still with us? Did I lose you guys? Excuse me. Excuse me. Okay. I'm, I'm uh, having a little uh, senior citizen flashback. Okay. <laughs> no problem. I, I, I was muted. Okay. At Bro, verse 21. Brother Walt, your verse 21 in chapter, please, for clarity, for those who are listening. Okay. Verse 21. Tell us where you're at. Tell us all where you're at, please. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 21. And whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. And you know what, uh, again, what Larry was talking about, all false religion, you know, has a man in between God, you know, or or a big cathedral, a big building that that, uh, takes the light off of Christ, you know, and uh, gives a and dazzles our eyes with pomp and and uh, buildings and colors and cathedrals and you know it's a uh, it's a uh, it's an eye opener when you see the simplicity of Christ and what the Bible says versus what is being preached in the age that we live in in 2016. You know, if we didn't have this Bible and these words in this day and age, we would be one. It would, it's, it's their only roadmap. Or we'd be off on one of these uh, rabbit trails. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's really true. You know, it's um, there is. Uh, I, I see that uh, guest six makes an interesting comment. The Jews in the present state of Israel, Palestine, are not the physical Israelites 
they are called Israelis and not ancient Israelites. You know, in Revelation it even tells us that there are those that say they are Jews, but they are not. They're the synagogue of Satan. And there are those people that are trying to proclaim that they are the Israel of God. And in fact, in Jude, it tells us that... Um, we go back there in Jude, it tells us what they're about. And uh, we have to we have to be discerning um, because just because someone says there's something doesn't necessarily make it a fact. Even if someone says comes and says, Well, I'm a Christian <laughs> that doesn't really make it a fact because uh Christians, the word Christian means that you're a follower of Christ. And if you're a follower of Christ, then you're going to embrace the teachings, you know, that Christ taught and the challenges that uh, most people who call themselves Christians today, uh, they don't embrace the teachings that Christ taught. For example, they don't embrace uh, when it says, that all the Father has given me will come to me, and all that come to me I will in no wise cast out. They don't embrace that, you know. And anyway, in Jude, the third, fourth verse, it says, um, there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men turning the grace of our God into into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what these people are doing. They deny that Jesus Christ is their Messiah. They deny that he died uh, for their sins. And they deny that he was the eternal Son of God. Now, prophets in Revelation and also in Romans, it says that there will come a time when some, some of the physical Jews are going to come to the realization that Jesus Christ is, in fact, the Son of God, the Messiah, and Jesus Christ refers to these people through the Apostle Paul as a remnant, according to the election of grace. In other words, the 7,000 that have bound the need to fail. And you also see, I don't want to go too far afield, but in Revelation it talks about 144,000 Jews, 12,000 from every tribe, the tribe of Israel. Here's what differentiates uh, those who are his remnant and those who are the synagogue of, of Satan that say they're Jews and are not. And what differentiates it is grace. Uh, in other words, again, what is grace? You know, think about the Gentiles all the way through the Old Testament, um, primarily, not all. Primarily, um, the people of God were those that 
were of Israel, the Israelites. And, um, uh, but there were prophecies in the Old Testament about when Christ came that he would be a light to the Gentiles. And we see that in Acts that this gospel, the good news, that Jesus Christ, come in the world to save sinners, was preached to the Gentiles. And what was the response? It says that as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. Isn't that amazing? In other words, it wasn't uh, something that someone else did. Um, You know, (laughs) remember when... Remember when uh, the disciples, the apostles, went into Ephesus? Ephesus was a very, very... We're, 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 we're studying Ephesians 2. And uh, it might be interesting to do a study on the uh, city of Ephesus. It was a very prominent city. And it was full of all kind of religions. In fact, every time a new religion came, they wanted to search it out and see what it was all about. Also, remember, they worshipped the Diana of the Ephesians there. And, you know, they were preached to and they were told that they were worshipping the unknown God that they didn't know anything about. (laughs) That unknown God, of course, was... Jesus Christ, but but as these as Paul was there in Ephesus, he found a receptivity to what he was teaching, and he found twelve he found twelve followers that really subscribed to what he was saying, and as a result of that, God used this to build a very very strong church at Ephesus, you know, and. Um, and so that's what we're talking about today. But I, I would say this, that the grace of God is something that can never be over-proclaimed. Now, go ahead, Walt. And don't you think that that's one of the... It's, it, it's, it's, it can never be stopped to be proclaimed, but don't you think that is what we see in the world is, is what has been left out? It really has. They, the, the world has heard uh, shouted from stadiums with 50,000 people by Billy Graham and, and uh, people that are very, very well known. You know, we can name all the mega preachers, Joel Steen, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Pat Robertson, Adrian Rogers, um, you know, uh, Ken and Gloria Copeland, Benny Hinn, uh, TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network, all these major, major people uh, that say they're Christians. And their gospel is always the same. It's based upon this false uh, teaching that Jesus Christ died for everybody and he made it possible for all men to be saved. The problem is, is if Jesus Christ died for everybody, 
and his blood uh, was was effective for whom he died for, then everybody will be in heaven. Everybody will be saved. Uh, excuse me, but Scripture teaches something contrary to that. Scripture teaches that there are two kinds of people on the face of the earth. There are those that are God's sheep. He says, my sheep know my voice, and they follow me, and no man can pluck them out of my hand. And then he told the Pharisees, you know, the reason that you don't believe on me is because you're not of my sheep. You're of your father the devil, and the works of your father you will do. So, on the one hand, we've been we have been so programmed with this universal gospel of Jesus loving everybody without exception, and we've denied the true gospel, which is that Jesus Christ came into this world to save his sinners who he had chosen before the foundation of the world. And yes, so I would agree with you, the true gospel has been replaced by a false gospel whether you want to put, you can put words on it. You can put Arminianism, Catholicism, um, you know, all these other words that people attach to it, Methodism, um, you know. But the thing of it is, it's man-centered. It's, it, it appeals to the flesh. In other words, it appeals to... And the real reality of it is, is it's called the doctrine of free will. You know, there's one doctrine that atheists, agnostics, and 99% of people who say they are Christian can agree upon, and that is the doctrine of free will. Now, we just read at the beginning of this scripture that it says man was born in, he was dead in his trespasses in sin. If you're dead in your trespasses in sin, you can't do anything. You can't make a choice. You can't come up out of that spiritually dead coffin state that you're in. You can't exercise your free will because you're dead. Okay. It takes a work from the Spirit of God to bring us to spiritual life. And so that's the, that's the difference. Yeah. And like uh, Chris brought up earlier, you know, in the first part of the, it's all past tense. It's been done. Yes. Yes. It has been done. And you know what? Whenever someone is uh, proclaiming the gospel, which means good news, uh, the only people that can hear the good news are the ones that have already received, been recipients of God's grace. In other words, you know, how many times have you heard people say, well, you've if you'll come up to the front and you'll fill out a decision card, okay, or if you'll raise your hand that you've accepted Jesus Christ, or if you'll come down to this altar and kneel down here and confess that you're a sinner, look, there's nothing you or I can do to cause us to be born again by the Spirit of God because it's already finished. Jesus Christ said uh, on the cross, he said, it is finished, and what happened? Immediately, at that time, there was a temple, and there was a, a curtain that kept everyone out of the Holy of Holies. The only one that could go into the Holy of Holies and petition and sacrifice for the people was the high priest. 
when Jesus Christ died, that temple, the, the, the curtain was rent from the top to the bottom, signifying that we were now, we have access to God ourselves through Jesus Christ. We no longer are in need of a high priest. We're no longer in need of the blood of bulls and goats. Uh, but we have a perfect sacrifice in Jesus Christ who entered once into the holy place for us through his death. And uh, that's a tremendous thing. The book of Hebrews is a tremendous study about how the great work that Christ did through his substitutionary atonement for his people. And he was actually, according to the Bible, he was actually slain from the foundation of the world too. He came in time and he was manifested in time. In other words, he, you know, he was in the incarnation. I mean, he was born in a manger, and he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And he was he was the only person that was ever born that was born without any sin. He was perfect. That's why, uh, you know, the seed did not come through the through the man at you know through his father. Okay, it came through the Holy Spirit, who was perfect. And uh, Christ said he fulfilled all righteousness. He fulfilled all righteousness. So anyway, um, in Second Timothy, coming up on the hour here, maybe in a to kind of close this. Second yeah. Timothy one seven. You know, I've read this verse. I'm going to read it fast, and everybody's heard this verse. But for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When we really read that slow, and what it just says, for God hath not, excuse me, I said it wrong the first time, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear. In other words, we, we live in a time now, especially with all of us on the Internet, that there's so much misinformation and this is going to happen and that's going to happen, you know. In other words, you know, and if, if you're feeling a spirit of fear, you've got you to get on your knees because, uh, it's, you know, <laughs> because there is going to be some fear, but it's not God didn't give us a spirit of fear but of power, comma, and of love, comma, and of a sound mind. Because you let all this stuff going, let all this go in and out of your head. I mean, you can, you know, it can get a hold of you. And he goes on in, in 2 Timothy 1.8, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And, and this kind of recaps, Second uh, uh, Timothy 1.9 kind of recaps uh, the whole chapter of Ephesians chapter 2. And it says, it reads, Who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before, like again, like Chris was talking, the past, 
in Christ Jesus before the world begun. Well, that, that's really, uh, that's very, I mean, I think that's a really good place to to stop because, I mean, that that's a great summary of what we just read, that Paul read there in Timothy. I mean, the foundation of God standeth sure. The Lord knows who are his. And uh, I'm glad that we have these scriptures to reinforce, you know, what Christ has done for his people and, I want to thank Walt. I want to thank Chris for coming on today and sharing your time and going through this. I want to thank all of our guests uh, who came on and uh, gave your time to listen to us. And uh, I just hope that uh, all parties are have a blessed day and a blessed week. And may God be with all of us. And... Uh, I'm going to now close out the call, and anybody that wants to stay on for a time of fellowship, you're welcome to do that. Um, now, help me out, Walter. Uh, I need to end the call, right? And then that Just will stop, stop recording. Okay. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.